0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize.
1: Hello, and thanks for downloading the two sorry excuses podcast recording live via via the internet i'm your old pal sanders i'm your good buddy Liv. and if you are keeping score at home this is 156 the who says you can't go home again edition (laughs) (laughs) coming to you live from the recording studios in jackson new jersey
2: Actually, yep, and-
1: not quite the recording studios. I'm in the back room, which, uh, growing up, was the playroom. Before that, it was the garage.
2: Oh, now garage!
1: Now it's called the adult TV room.
2: The adult TV room,
1: which I'm not it's sure like why. the adult the adult video room, and I right. a- there's a curtain,
2: <laughs> video store. Yeah, there's
1: a curtain behind yeah. it's some random closet. I don't know why the kids call it the adult t- TV room because it's. Th- first room they come to yeah because it's got a huge leather sectional like uh I don't know two people can lay on it and not touch hmm. you know like heads or feet depending on how you're laying yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a huge ottoman which is probably I don't know three feet by three feet minimum and it sits it wedges itself right in in the you know in the in the L of the sectional. So it it makes like a big bed and the kids just jump on it like it's a trampoline.
2: Oh, those kids.
1: Those crazy kids. It's probably the nicest thing my parents have ever owned. You know, you grow up (laughs) with, you know, you raise four kids. You don't have nice shit. We wrecked everything.
2: No, I know. I know that's how it is. Everything's all tattered.
1: Exactly. So um, there's this big couch back here and the kids come back here and and uh and abuse it like it's uh like it's a rented mule, but it holds up pretty good, so that's where i am i'm I'm here uh uh house sitting
2: uh, you're here, you're queer, you're not going anywhere
1: that's right because there's too much dog piss to clean up <laughs> 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 so Oz is getting old, it's my parents' dog, you know we talked about it ah, last yes. week, and um that's my parents' big fear is that they they drop him off at the uh at the the, the kennel and he's not going to come back and I I volunteered to to watch him but they're like no we can't let you watch him at your house it's a pain in the neck he can't get up and down stairs blah 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 so I said listen I'll just come there it's no big deal I'll bring the dogs and uh you know have a a little old school sleepover so I came yesterday yeah. and I'm staying for a couple of days but you know, he's an old dog. He has to go out every hour. and Yeah, know. that's
2: how Winnie was. You know, she was constantly peeing everywhere. You know. And I'm good about letting him out, but, I mean, I sleep. The problem for... is, Winnie never asked to go out. She would just pee, you know.
1: Yeah, see, same with Oz. He doesn't, he doesn't yeah, let he you know. Yeah, he had to know. be, like,
2: proactive with her and take her out, like, every 20 minutes. Yeah,
1: so I set a timer. And every hour, I let him out. And yeah. um, my dogs can last for a long time. And they usually stay in the back. Uh, in the in the workshop area, because they're super hairy, and you know, there's a cat here that I don't want dead, so I try to separate the dogs from the
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah the cat as best I can. But um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been alternating between letting the dog out and cleaning up the piss from when I'm Good not deal. I'm not around. So. Uh, if my dulcet tones seem a little off this week, that's that's why I'm on some uh, some alternate equipment.
0: All right. <laughs> uh Fair
1: enough. enough about dog piss and more about human piss. How uh, have the uh, have the tourists left the city?
2: Yeah, I'm not really gonna see too many of them though, 'cause. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess I probably did see a lot, I just wasn't taking note, but yeah, I avoid the whole downtown thing, you know?
1: That's it? That's it? If you avoid
2: downtown, you can stay away from... No, there's tourists elsewhere, but you stay away from the real terrible ones if you avoid downtown. Yeah. You stay away from, like, a lot of the bros and the people that are here just to get fucked up. I mean, there are tourists uptown, but you're more likely to run the families and shit, you know? Right.
1: Right. I did um couple couple things that I was uh interested in uh that I made note of here. Since uh since Mardi Gras was so close to Christmas this year, did you keep a Mardi Gras tree?
2: I never even did a Christmas tree this year. <laughs> so my Mardi Gras setup is the same as the one I had when you came here, which was supposed to be seasonal, but I said fuck it anyway. Like the uh, window with the beads all over it and the little shelf with all the stuff on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't. That wasn't uh, part of your
1: permanent decoration?
2: Uh, it is now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be. I set that up before Brian got here to give a little color to the place to show him, you know? Okay, all right. Because Brian came in right um, the first week in Mardi Gras last year. Oh,
1: okay. Do people generally decorate for Mardi Gras? Is it, like, decorating for Halloween or decorating for St. Patty's people Day?
2: flags out and stuff and things on their doors. You know, some people yeah. are more festive than others. But, sure. yeah, you see a lot of... You'll see, like, um, like there's a big mansion on Carrollton that I always pass a Bluto, and they'll have the uh, Mardi Gras bunting on the front, you know, which is instead of red white and blue bunting that you see around new years it's purple green and gold yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. oh hey speaking of that I, I noticed that um perusing some some mardi gras themed pictures so the the purple the purple is the seasonal color in the catholic church right
2: yeah but i think the purple with Mari Gras, he can go look all that bullshit up. I think that's, like, the royalty, you know, because purple's also the color royalty.
1: Okay. And what are the green and the yellow for?
2: Green is, like, I mean, I think green is money and gold is gold. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all just traditional bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they,
1: they just represent festive Attributes.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have actual, like, um, like, you can, I think it was probably the Rex organization that came up with that palette, you know? Oh, really? Um, yeah, if you look about the truth about Mardi Gras colors, purple, green, gold. Uh, all right, here we go. Apparently 99.9% of New Orleans is wrong about the origin of Mardi Gras colors. Yes, they're purple, green, and gold. In 1892, the rexbury theme symbolism of colors gave meaning to these colors. Purple represents justice, green represents faith, gold represents power. There's no denying that, since blah, 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 we don't really get That's as far as we need to go now. We don't need a deep dive into why the article's telling us we're full of bullshit. Um... <laughs> I really don't need that.
1: but uh, Okay, all right. We'll pull the plug on it. Done.
2: Moving on. But, um, yeah. Still, why purple, green, gold? The choice of royal purple seems obvious. Then, according to heraldry, you need both metals and colors. When it came to metals, gold also seemed obvious for a king. Then, also, according to rules that determine coat of arms, there are only five acceptable color choices, red, blue, purple, green, black. Laborde believes that the final choice came down to purple, gold, and green, or purple, gold, and black. Again, green must have been the obvious pick. So what do you say when somebody asks you what's the meaning of the colors? We recommend you say, it's complicated. Have another Bloody Mary. <laughs> well,
1: there you go. The only reason I asked and the only reason it caught my eye is because those are probably my three least favorite colors.
2: Yeah. Oh, and here's got this on here, which I was, they um, got a bonus thing on this website. This is a Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras, New Orleans.com. And um, I was probably going to tell you this story, but uh, let's see. It's probably a deeper version of what I thought. According to legend, Mardi Gras colors influenced the choice of school colors for our arch rivals LSU and Tulane. They say when LSU was deciding on its colors, the shops in New Orleans had stocked up on purple, green, and gold for the Mardi Gras season. LSU decided upon purple and gold, and bought much of it. Tulane bought much of the only remaining color, green. <laughs> the story I always heard was that um, LSU's colors were blue and white, but they were down here for a game or something. They didn't have uniforms, you know, so they went and got the, and because it was Mardi Gras, they got the purple and gold, you know. I didn't hear the relation to Tulane. Okay. I mean, they were here to play Tulane. I heard the story, but I didn't hear this story. Well, Tulane got the leftovers because I don't know about that. Tulane would have already had colors. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised that it only goes back to the 1800s, 18 whatever. I would have assumed. The colors? Yeah. That it was uh, much older than that, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was that you talking about Mardi Gras in general, like the the colors of Mardi Gras. The the
1: colors, the you know. Yeah, I mean, that
2: was a Rex thing, so I knew that, you know. Okay. Um. Yeah, about the LSU thing, it always made sense to me that story. What I thought, you know, because blue and white, like that, would make sense. That would have been their colors because the state flag of Louisiana is is uh, a blue flag with a pelican on it. You know. Right technically a brown pelican in her in her flock, but it's but it's white in the photo, you know, in the on the in the image. So it would have made sense that they would have been blue and white before they were purple and gold, you know? Yeah,
1: right. Right. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Funny thing is they had because um, you know the history of New Orleans. This is the three hundredth anniversary birthday of New Orleans. Correct. Being found in seventeen eighteen. But Mobile, Alabama, was founded in like 1702, I think, or whatever. Um, and the reason Mobile, Alabama, was founded before New Orleans was because Mobile is at the Mobile Bay on the Gulf of Mexico. And okay. I, it was two brothers, Iberville and Bienville. Bienville founded New Orleans. Iberville founded Mobile. They were looking for the mouth of Mississippi. Mobile, they thought, was the mouth of the Mississippi. Which is why it was founded first. You know, because they were actually already in Louisiana. Okay. So, technically, Mobile started celebrating Mardi Gras before New Orleans did. So, the city of Mobile put up these um, billboards, like, in the New Orleans, greater New Orleans area, you know, like, one in Slidell, which is across the lake, you know, on your, you know, it's it's the extended suburb of New Orleans, you know? Okay. And it was like, you know, come to where Mar- uh, America's first Mardi Gras, Mobile, 114 <laughs> miles away or some shit. <laughs> Uh, You know, it was like, there's a little kerfuffle about that, right? He's like, big fucking deal. Of course, um, there are records showing that the first mention of Mardi Gras in colonial, uh, French colonial America was in 1699 in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana. See, they were already down here. And I think it's in Iberville's writings. He says, uh, how, oh, Mardi Gras came today or whatever, you know? It was March 2nd, 1699 or something. So was like, if they really want to get ticky tack, you know, they were acknowledging Mardi Gras down here in 1699, just not in New Orleans yet, because it wasn't founded. But they were in Plaquemines, which is now, Plaquemines is, you know, 20 minutes away from New Orleans, you know? Right, right. Like, Plaquemines isn't far from where we were when we went to eat um, Vietnamese food in the West Bank. Okay. You know, that was still Jefferson Parish, but you go down a couple of miles in your Plaquemines Parish. Yeah. Got it. So, and the other thing, it was like, really, they're going to play this game? Because Mobile Mardi Gras is fucking lame. <laughs> I, You know,
1: that's like Branson, Missouri, claiming to be the Show capital of the United States, you know. Yeah, like something. if they're going to
2: call out Vegas or some. shit. Right, right, yeah.
1: exactly. Like yeah. there's only there's only one place, as far as I'm concerned, and and learning that Mobile even celebrates Mardi Gras uh, is is news to me because Mardi Gras is a New Orleans tradition. Yeah,
2: that's I mean, what you, that's what you associate. The thing that they might have taken that they were inspired by mobile to get started was the whole cruise thing and having these balls, the Mardi Gras cruise. Okay. Um, because that's a very th- big mobile thing, but the parading, like they have parades, but like the parading and like stent, that's a new Orleans thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, no one's going to pass up bring in New Orleans be like, "Oh, I'm driving past New Orleans. I'm going to keep going another 2 hours to Mobile." Right. <laughs> we're know? almost we're almost there, kids. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but it's not technically the first Mardi Gras. Let's go.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um hey, speaking of parades, what was uh what were the big highlights? Uh, as
2: far as I go.
1: Yeah, yeah, as far as you go. Um, let me did, think. Did you hit Zulu this year?
2: I did not hit Zulu and I'm a little disappointed I didn't. But it's because I could have woken up and just rallied and gone to it. Cause that's but, tues- um,
1: that's Tuesday morning, right?
2: Yeah, and my sister usually my brother in law's sister and Sloan go every year. Yeah. But um okay, well we'll get to I never went to any parades until the Thursday before mardi gras i'm pretty sure because the weather was shitty uh i didn't go the first weekend because i was just hanging out and those were like you yeah, know, the first weekends kind of like that's when brian was here last year and that's why they did the all-star game that weekend didn't mind it messing with mardi gras because those aren't really big parades you know right like they run the route but it's no one's dying if you miss the first weekend parades you know so, so it's
1: I just, somebody out there is is gonna get pissed at me, but just refresh my memory. So it's it's Tuesday, is Fat Tuesday or Mardi Gras? Then yes. the weekend, and then there's a weekend before that.
2: Yeah. All right. So here's like the way 10, things 10, really work. January sixth okay. is twelfth night. You know, King's yes. Day, the Epiphany. Yes. Yep. That's when the Mardi Gras season technically begins.
1: Regardless of when Easter is.
2: Yeah, no matter when it is, no matter if we have an early Mardi Gras like we, we did this year or a late one, you know, whatever, it always begins January 6th. Got it. Yeah. So sometimes, now that they play these friggin' February Super Bowls now, sometimes a, a big parade will conflict with the Super Bowl. Which I remember a few years ago, That well, a few years ago, like nine years ago, I think it must have been, no, it was probably 10 years ago now, because uh, I know where I was. Uh, when It was the Super Bowl that the Patriots lost when they wanted to feed it to the Giants. That year, Bacchus, which is one of the huge super parades, ran the same night as the Super Bowl, you know? Okay. And that wouldn't have happened before 9-11, because before 9-11, they were always January, you know? Right. And um it rarely I'm trying to think, I don't know explicitly, but it doesn't happen too often, but it can happen, you know? Yep. Um but that was a very early Mardi Gras that year. So officially it starts then. Uh a real parading. Well, I guess the first parade is Crew de Vue, but that's not really a real parade. You know, that's the one that I dressed up as Hacksaw Jim Duggan for, and this year I went to it, and I dressed up in the same Hacksaw J- Jim Duggan outfit, but I had a Superman cape and a Lucha Libre mask now, so <laughs> I went down just as a Lucha Libre. And- you got a lot of mileage out of that singlet. Dude, I can wear that singlet for another friggin' And I haven't even I haven't even reversed it yet because you can wear it as red. <laughs> too
1: bad you've uh, you've really slimmed down. You could reprise the uh, the uh, Rulon Gardner.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the, those days are past. Yeah, yet. too bad. Too bad I'm not fifty pounds heavier anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Too bad I'm not a friggin' massive heart attack waiting to happen any longer.
1: Listen, anything yeah. for anything for a laugh, right?
2: Yes, yes. Anything for a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so when was that this year? That was like in late January. Was the Cru de Vue. Okay. Was um Cru de Vue. But really the parades once Mardi you know, yes, Mardi Gras technically means Fat Tuesday, but you just refer to it all Mardi Gras. Interchangeably yeah. carnival season, but you say, Oh Mardi Gras. Sure. You know? Just like Christmas is Christmas Day, but sometimes they'll say Mardi Gras Day, even though it's redundant. Oh, Fat Tuesday Day, but everybody knows what you mean. Exactly. You know? Exactly right. Um, so anyhow, so when it really is officially like, well, now it's on, on, and it's nonstop, basically, is the two Fridays before Fat Tuesday itself. Got it. You know, because that's when the first parades start rolling, and there are parades on Saturday and Sunday, and then there's nothing on Monday and Tuesday, but then there's a big parade that rolls Wednesday. You know, a couple other parades with it, but one big ladies' parade. That's a rather newer one. You know, that used to be kind of a quiet night, too, Wednesday. But, like, about seven or eight years ago, uh... Bunch of women started another women's parade because the one on Thursday, which was only started in 2000 as well, got so big that all the women couldn't get into that parade, you know. And then you had this influx of people that were new to the city since Katrina that want to join Mardi Gras parades. So, now that's um,
1: like... On their off days from saving the city.
2: Yeah, saving us from ourselves. Right. Yes. right. <laughs> um, I actually had a conversation with a kid at that documentary, a kid, a guy a forty-three year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you, Marilyn. Yes, at the documentary review job and he was talking about how much better the city was and and he's originally from Gulfport, Mississippi, you know, which is you know, I mean if you're gonna go to a big city when you're it's like being from the Cape, you know, if you're gonna go sure. to a big city, you go to Boston. You know? Right, right, right. Gulfport's I ninety minutes away. And there are a lot of, like, people that end up there if you're, like, in the boating, you know. Stuff like that, you know. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he was complaining about that, you know, the character of City changing, and everything got more expensive. I'm like, yeah, I hear you, man. Uh, well, you just deal with it. It's yeah, sure. Chilling. But, um... So that Friday before it all starts rolling, but I was just taking it easy. For one, you know, I do like parades, you know. And a friend emailed me, this girl, Sarah, uh, who went to law school with me. I'm good friends with her. I was like, I don't know. We'll see if I'm getting anywhere. I know there was probably a Syracuse game the weekend before. and There was other stuff I could distract my time with the first weekend. But I'll be straight with you. Mario World would be a lot better if I wasn't solo. <laughs> you know? Because, yes, yeah. I do love going to parades, but I don't really like going to parades all on my own all the time, you know? Right. So, because it's kind of like it's a pain in the ass. I don't have to do it because I'm alone, you know? But if I had, like, kids or something, I'd be like, all right, we're going to go do this. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. Right. Um. And you know what? For the brief period of my life where I actually had somebody a a significant other or something you know it was actually that was one of the fun things going to a parade together you know right because it's a social event um and and i was like oh this year i'm just fuck it you know i'm really probably not gonna be parading i was kind of been in a funk lately anyway you know yeah and then uh and then like the week before i took a friggin' document review gig, which started on like Tuesday of last uh Tuesday the week before. Not this past Tuesday, but a week before that, you know. And um I used to always go another many tradition was gone to Muse's, which is a Thursday night parade with uh Sloan and my mother, you know. Um, and Sloan's a freshman at Tulane now, as you are well aware. Correct. But um <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to go to it this year. I used to always go to Knicks, but this year it was rainy, you know? And I'd worked till, like, 7.30 that day, and I just went to get home to the dog. I was like, I'm not going to go fucking stand in the rain to watch this parade, you know? So, even though I probably would have cleaned up, because not too many people come out when it rains, and I knew people in it. I just didn't want to deal with it, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but I didn't get home till, like, super late, so... I was in bed and then uh, Sloan sent me a text like around two in the morning because I guess she was pulling all night or she told me, like, are we going to go to Muses tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I responded more. And I was like, I guess we can go, sure. You know, so I ended up going to um, my friend Sarah that lives on the route. Ended up, that's actually where Brian and I watched the one parade you went to last year, was that in front of Sarah's apartment. Was that where you um, met Harry Shearer? No, that was Harry Shear's like from two thousand ten. Uh, but I mean that same apartment. No, 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 no. This is a different friend. T- two, whoa, you have two friends. Yes. No, <laughs> that was on Napoleon. Okay. Near the near the beginning of the route for me that was probably two thousand ten or eleven, the Harry Shear parade. I was right. telling somebody story the other day. Um. Yeah, because now you're in a room doing document review, so you're talking to everybody about everything. Right. Uh, <laughs> Apparently,
1: except the documents that you're reviewing.
2: <laughs> We're talking a lot about the documents because it was a fucking patent case, and nobody's patent attorneys. You know, right. and this is the first time I'm ever doing this. It's like that you're getting advice back and forth from the attorneys who have outsourced it to you. It's like they don't even fucking know. And the problem is, you're dealing with engineers. You know, because uh, that's what the patents were all about. You know, medical device, equipment, devices and stuff. Okay. And usually patent attorneys are like engineers and scientists. Well, yeah. I mean, you can vouch for this. They think differently than regular <laughs> yeah. people. And like they will address information just like as if it's old hat that anybody shouldn't understand. You uh, know? You know-
1: who can really vouch for that? Is my mom, but yes, you are correct.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, when the patent attorneys talk to the engineers that that they are working for their law firm, everything's fine because, well, the engineers understand the patent attorneys understand the engineers because all the patent attorneys have scientific backgrounds, which is why they're in that type of law. Right. You know. Right. Like doing and trademarks on medical devices, you know? Uh, but so, like, that shit kept changing, you know? We'd sit there, and we'd have debates. It's like, well, they've contradicted themselves on this. And it's just like, you make an executive decision, you move on. It's like, well, I'm treating all this shit like this now. <laughs> 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 it's like, guarantee you, whatever we do is not losing the case. Right. Uh. Right. Yeah. It's just that they have so much of this stuff, which is why they're farming out this discovery stuff to a team of of uh of part time attorneys, you know?
1: Right. Like a rogues gallery.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh,
1: uh, So you're talking about you were talking about the Harry Shear. Yeah, so the Harry
2: I mean, so the Harry Shear thing was that was years ago when I and I had, I was telling somebody a story yesterday. And then I remember telling them because it was my friend AVM, Ashley Van Meter and her well now husband, his medical school buddies. And I okay. went down there and met him. And I got there late, like near the last ten floats of the parade, I remember. It's and that's a real family area. And I'm standing there, and I realized standing right next to me is Harry Shearer. And I remember I was like, that's the relationship to why I was telling a story yesterday. One of the guys there, he's a guy from, he's, he's my age, but he's from San Francisco, and he moved here a few years ago because he's like, I just need a change from San Francisco, you know? And uh, talking about how small of a city it is, which was a recurring conversation I had the other night. Uh, like, New Orleans is such a small town. It's like the most famous person in New Orleans. You're probably like two degrees... Remove from you know
1: right right
2: like that's how small it is they say six degrees separation here it's like two maybe three if you're if you're born and raised here it's that close you know right um and this guy from san francisco he's like yeah well it amazes me how you, you know you see like famous people around town here like the famous like whereas like in other cities you don't see the most famous person just he's like yeah like i saw drew Brees in the park you know i was like yeah i was telling him how years ago when i saw john goodman just shopping for groceries all by himself you know i was just like you know no big deal you know it's like guys down here that live here like that you know they just embrace it because it's not like in la where everybody ignores you people are gonna come up and say shit to you because it's new orleans and that's the way people are but like you gotta just Embrace it, like Sean Penn would never live here, right. You know? <laughs> right? Somebody who hates being recognized would never live here, right? But um, so obviously, and I and I know since that time, other people have run into Harry Shear at certain places, like the Barkus Parade and stuff, where I brought Bluto a few years ago, and I didn't go to Barkus this year, even. You know, that's where I should have gone. That was on Bluto's birthday. That was the day of the Super Bowl. Okay. Um. See, that's what happened the week before, too. It was Super Bowl weekend, the first weekend. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, if Harry Shearer lives here, if anybody recognizes him, the thing is, I don't think a lot of people do, because he's Harry Shearer. Right. You know? right. He's not John Goodman level of fame, where his face is all over a million movies and a long-running sitcom. Um, I run into at least
1: one person a month that, could be Harry Shearer, but isn't, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, his biggest claim to fame at this point, if you're a regular person, his biggest claim to fame is if somebody tells you, oh, he's these voices on The Simpsons. Yeah. You know? But if you're a regular person, you're probably not so into knowing who the Spinal Tap guys are or who was on SNL in 1985, you know? <laughs> um, so I remember when I saw him. I was like, "Well, I gotta acknowledge him, but I gotta say something to let him know I'm a real fan, right? Uh, right? Not something like, not something like Spinal Tap, because yes, that might let him know, but he probably gets that million times, and not The Simpsons, because that's too, that's too pedestrian. Everybody knows about The Simpsons if they know that's him. So I said, I just said to him, I real quickly, I said, "Hey, Mr. Shearer, I, I was like, "So I let you know, I love." synchronized swimming he was like oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was later on i remember we go back to Avium's apartment you know which was a little double or whatever back then you know in an old house right there and i was telling um guy gonna like, yeah harry Shearer was right out there and one of the guys like harry Shearer was there i love him He's like, I can't believe he was there. I was like, yeah, well, you were standing next to him for probably like three hours, and you didn't recognize him? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You don't love him all that much. Right. You know? Right. Because he's, when you know it's Harry Shearer, you know it's Harry Shearer. You know, once somebody tells you, you can't unknow that that's him. Yeah, exactly. uh, Exactly. It's not like you'd be like, oh, no, no, you're sure that's not just the guy that works down at the pharmacy? You know? (laughs) He's got a pretty distinct look when you know it's him, you know?
1: Right, exactly.
2: I mean, he is real chill. Like, he just stands there. I remember he was just chilling there, you know? And he was with, you know, he must have been with friends and family, you know? And he's just enjoying a fucking regular parade along the family area of the route, you know? Yeah. And, um, and those are the type of people that live here, which is cool. Yeah. Um. So Sloan and I went down there that night. And uh, on Thursday, we watched Muses, and we came back. We got pizza. It was really late. So that was fun. So we kept that little tradition going. But then Friday, did I do anything? I don't know. What did I do Friday? I probably didn't even make it. No, I did. Because there's a guy that always does a party every year. You know, that lives along the route. So I went down to his thing. First, I went and, what did I do? I think I went and watched the parade. Somebody else. No, I didn't even get home because I was working. And I was working on the West Bank and way the fuck out there on the West Bank. So I didn't get I didn't get out there until kind of late, you know, because I needed to come home and, you know, feed the dog and spend some little time with him. I didn't want to turn right around, you know. Right. So I got out to that guy's house and I went, hung out with those guys and then I didn't get out of control. But I took the streetcar down to Napoleon because that's where it stops doing Mardi Gras parades. Okay. And I got out and walked down and I took the streetcar back home and around two in the morning, you know, and you gotta walk around. Say you're the toughest man around because you probably shouldn't be walking around two in the morning. But um and then next morning I got up and um now that was the dicey thing. I didn't know I was gonna go to parades because they were predicting really bad storms for the weekend, you know? Okay. And uh in the middle of the night I know it stormed really bad. And but I knew a couple of people in the early parades, in the uh uptown parades, and that's also in Saturday, which is one parade that runs through Mid City near uh near Jesuit and like not far from Parkway where Mari were. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so that's the big mid say thing, and that's what everybody does on Saturday, like most people. And Jimmy and Saturday, it's one of the huge super crews. People have house parties and all that shit. So Friday, i was talking to a friend. He's like, he's like, well, I got house parties to go to, and uh, he's like, well, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, sure. But anyhow, I went to the early parades because I knew people in each one of them. Abby was an Iris, and they moved up all the stuff an hour, so. Iris start rolling at ten in the morning, which is fucking ridiculous. But um, you remember Abby? Yeah, Abby and Monty. Yeah, this was her first time she ever rode in a parade. Okay, so she was riding Iris. So I was like, "Well, I got to get out there." And then I, a buddy of mine from high school, he rents a house, uh, a condo near the route every year with his wife and his children and his parents and in laws. They all come and hang out over there, you know. And then they set up on the neutral ground which is what people in New Orleans call a median. Yeah. Um. So I was like, well, I'll go and hang out with them. So I went down and I went to catch Abby. And I was like, this is good anyway. Even though it was early, I was like, it stormed really bad in the middle of night because I remember hearing around 5 in the morning, it was like bad. I was like, well, I was like, I'll go because it's earlier and then it stormed on top of it. And also it's in Demi on Saturday, which always means the crowds are a little lesser down there anyway, you know? I was, like, coupled with the fact that it started an hour earlier, and it rained, it's going to keep a lot of people away. So I drove down there, and I parked just a few blocks off the route, and I went and met those guys. And I saw Abby. Uh, she threw me some stuff, although she really doesn't remember because she was basically bombed, and we were far enough down the route that she was prob- that she was out of most of her stuff because it was her first time in a parade, and she didn't she didn't know about moderating herself, you know? <laughs> Because That's what a lot of people do. A lot of people will throw they'll go nuts and throw all their stuff, like and then they'll spend the last like two or three miles of the route with nothing to throw, you know? Right. Um and then another guy I knew was in the next parade with his wife. So they hooked me up with some stuff. Uh that was fun. And the funny thing is, there were um Tux. That was the one I thought about joining years ago. That was the second one that ran that morning. All right. So i got a text from my brother josh
1: for for some reason that said when you get a second ask live his thought on tux and i thought that was the one you almost joined but i couldn't remember and i don't know why he wants to know that my guess is that he knows somebody from okay. down there or he's got a friend from kentucky that has a friend from down there or something along those lines yeah yeah, so that's the one you almost joined what's the what's the deal i like
2: sucks a lot and that but i don't see it every year because it does run uptown it runs on saturday morning you know and if and if my plans are to go to a party in mid-city sometimes i'll just pass it up like holding off on just staying in until i gotta go to a party you know okay um Tux was founded in the late 60s by, like, some Loyola frat boys, basically. You know? Like, they first, they were literally just bringing a bunch of drunk dudes and started a parade, you know? yeah, yeah. And now it's reached the point that they actually have a real parade with floats and everything. And it's real. All their stuff is really puerile, juvenile shit, you know? Right. Because of the history that's rooted in. Like it was kind of like a mocking of everything. It's like their theme is they throw their big throws are like plungers, uh, the the Tux themed toilet paper, which ends up getting thrown in all the trees. Okay. You know, like after Tux Parade passes, you just look down the avenue and it's just every tree is rolled, you know? <laughs> and purple, green, and gold toilet paper. Okay. Um they they throw a lot of like stuff with toilets. They throw glasses, like sunglasses that have that are toilet seats that flip up. Which I got a pair of this year. All right, um, like it's really juvenile stuff, but it's fun as hell. They bombard you with stuff because if you're in tux, it probably means you 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 really like to have a good time. Okay, you know, so tux right. is a great parade. Well, I th- a great crew. I and a great parade. And I would, and funny thing, I was actually thinking about that today. I was like, I should talk to Thomas and see if maybe there's a spot on his float next year. You know, like, well, I'm not BFF with the guy. I'm friends with him enough that I could ride on a float with him. If he says there's an opening just, yeah. to, you know, cause I was thinking about that. I was like, I was walking through Audubon park with today. That's what I was thinking about all this. I was like, because I saw somebody that had some kind of setup in their backyard there that obviously wasn't on a street with a parade. And I was thinking, these people probably did the same thing that we used to do when we were little. On Mardi Gras Day, we would like come uptown where like my great aunts and uncles lived. And we'd go over there and then we'd go down pulley and watch the parades. You know, we'd all be like at my father's El Camino because it was the, you know, the early 80s where you could. Cruise around kit a bunch of kids in the back of an El Camino.
1: Right. Safe so um, didn't matter.
2: Yeah. No one knew any better. And then on the way <laughs> home we'd we drive down friggin' River Road back to my mom's house, my parents' house. You know, we'd take the route down River Road, which is the road you you know, right along with the levee, you know. Yeah. Um and we'd be throwing beads out to kids along the way, you know, they'd be little kids. You know, in the neighborhoods out there, and we'd throw them stuff. And then when we'd get home, we had a picnic table. Like, my brother and I, because um, it was just the four of us then, not my two oldest brothers, obviously, because they were way old. Right. Um, but, like, my brother Josh and I, we'd stand on the picnic table, and Mari and Mimi would be on the ground, and we'd play parade, you know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And the thing is... The rosebud of my youth, which I needs to be found, is, and I know it's somewhere, it's just everything in my parents' house is a mess. There's a photo, and it must be from like 1982, probably, where we're all piled in the back of the El Camino. My mother took it in the driveway before we headed out for Mario day. And, um, and I'm in one of those Batman costumes, you know, Halloween costume. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know,
2: because a lot of times you would just recycle your Halloween costume, you know.
1: The the one with like the plastic mask. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah.
2: the bib the bib costume with the plastic mask that you would go get at the drugstore. Right. Um, and we're all in the back. I don't know what everyone else is wearing. One of the, one of my sisters might be in a Wonder Woman costume. I'm thinking. Okay. But I'm definitely in the Batman costume. And I know that photo somewhere, but it's a—it's such a great photo, you know, because it's the El Camino, it's you know, everything about it, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's it, it encapsulates your youth. Yep,
2: and that's another thing. Like, I don't really do stuff on Mario anymore, and like, I don't dress up. If I had a partner, I'd probably dress up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I understand. I understand. Yeah. If I had kids, I definitely would dress up. I'd be like, hey, let's dress up. You know. My parents didn't dress up. It was us, you know? Yeah, yeah. My yeah. dad de- if anybody was to dress up, my parents did it, but it would have been my mom because she was more fun than my dad. My dad's not fun at all. You know. <laughs> he is like if you took fun, you know, hundred and eighty degrees away from fun is my dad. <laughs> He is the opposite of it, you know? Uh. Like going with the flow, rolling with rolling with the punches, that is the opposite of my death. <laughs> yeah. And and if you can't like go with the flow and roll with the punches, you're never gonna be a fun person, you know? Right. Well he was too busy making sure you didn't fall out of the back of the Camino. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same guy whose parents let him fall out of a window from the second floor whose then parents let his firstborn son fall out of the same window, basically.
1: Oh, your oldest brother? Yes. Uh,
2: it's a tradition. Um, well, Good thing you don't have any kids. Yeah. Well, there's no f- second floor for him to fall out over here. Uh, <laughs> my mother always likes to say, he was raised by the wolves. Yeah, so. <laughs> So uh, so 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 Tux, that two thumbs up. That's yeah. So Tux is a great great crew, and I I might ask Thomas about it. You know, because you know it'd be nice to actually have to be forced to be a part of something. You know, during the season.
1: Yeah, they always have a
2: great parade. They always. I've never been to, but that's another thing. Supposedly they have one of like the best like post parade parties and everything too.
1: The um,
2: um, one of the best
1: times—it's probably the best time I had in, in in Curacao was when I got to ride the the float during Carnival. Yeah, that was hands down the most fun I ever had down there. Yeah, it's I'm worth, sure
2: it's worth it's doing. Yeah, it's worth doing. You know, I mean, I'll say this much. Every other parade in the country, in my opinion, is fucking boring.
1: You know? Oh, you're talking like,
2: uh, like Columbus like New Day York parade, St. Patrick's Day parade, which was one of the most boring fucking things I ever witnessed. Um, friggin', uh, I lived on Bunker Hill Street in a second floor apartment for three years. While I was there, they did a Bunker Hill Day parade. You know what I did during Bunker Hill Day parade? I sat inside my apartment because who wants to watch a bunch of people just march down the street?
1: Old people in high school bands.
2: Yeah. It's boring. I was raised on interactive parades. You know? Yeah. Like Even our St. Patrick's Day parade, they throw cabbage and potatoes and carrots and shit, you know?
1: So I'll give this to the Tom's River Thanksgiving. I'm a the Tom's River Halloween Parade, which um, is funny. It was always a kind of an inside joke uh, between Ange and I because growing up, we'd go to the, the Tom's River Halloween Parade, which they have touted as the world's largest Halloween parade. Now, granted, yep. there's not a lot of Halloween parades, um, but technically the New York City uh, Greenwich Village parade is the is the largest but that's just like a shit show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really not a lot it's of not organization. A family event. To it. Exactly. So yeah. the Toms River is very similar to 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 the the physical setup that you're talking about. People go out and they put the seats on the, you know, on the median and and the parade route goes, you know, down uh, a consistent uh part uh you know, consistent route every year. Um but they Dude, well, because it's Halloween, they throw they throw candy and they throw stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean Halloween, you gotta give people candy,
1: you know. So I I I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. I understand it because I've seen a parade to differing degrees of what you're what you're explaining. The carousel one is obviously very similar because it's the same. It's the same holiday it's carnival so that's got the same traditions um and well
2: it's caribbean too so it's more likely to be like our holidays right, right. they're more likely to celebrate the way we do here
1: right right right, yeah. right. So, so um so yeah so i get it i i i can so appreciate where you're coming from
2: yeah if had i not been raised in this setting i might not think the same way cuz i would have been used to the parades you know right But, uh, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I was probably like eight or nine when I learned that they didn't have Mardi Gras everywhere else, you know, and my mother broke that down to me. (laughs) Like, oh, really? We're the only ones who do this? Like, yeah, this is a New Orleans thing. There's several little moments in my life like that when you learn about stuff that's specific to like where you live, you know? I mean, I'm sure you got that stuff, you know? Oh, well. You know, you're the only person that gets Taylor ham. They don't eat this in New York or right. whatever, or right. pork roll or whatever. But I'm just being silly there, but stuff that's specific to where you live, you know, little yeah. ho- traditions and whatnot, you know? Yeah. Something as major as as the beach. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, Yeah,
2: that's a total Jersey thing. The whole rent a house and hang out at the beach every year type of thing. And like that's
1: what you do every day in the summer. Yep. You don't. You don't say, "Hey, what are you doing today?" You say, "Well, I'll see you at the beach."
2: Yep. There's there's down the shore. Down the shore. That's a huge thing.
1: There's people from Pittsburgh who've never seen the ocean.
0: Yeah,
2: but there are people from Pittsburgh who have seen Billy Ocean. Always make a Billy Joe reference when you can. That's that's my rule. Right. Hey, listen.
1: There's there's worse rules. Yep. Sorry, I'm distracted here. Lindsay Vaughn is about to make her uh
2: Oh yeah, her. I got the women's super GR. She's the one that's gone down right now? Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Although uh, we might be on time delay, so don't Yeah, I, mean, uh,
2: I got it live 'cause I'm because I'm on the antenna, so
1: yeah, okay. All right. She just I left. I'll tell the you what happened.
2: She's still skiing. <laughs> uh,
1: uh so I'm not a huge Lindsay Vaughn fan. I like uh I like I, I was a Julia Mancuso fan. So for some he, reason in my mind, um I need to dislike Lindsay Vaughn.
2: Oh uh, well that's weird. Yeah, um, I don't know. Funny thing about Lindsay Vaughn is this. The thing about last night, you know, how she used to date Tiger Woods for like two or three years. Yeah. It's like, well, it makes sense they would date. She's a world-class athlete at the top of her game, and he's a golfer. Yeah. <laughs> and people, uh, but predictably, I'm sure there's some people who are like, well, Tiger Woods was an athlete. He worked out. It's like, yeah, well, when you claim to fame is that you actually go to the gym and the other guys don't, and that's why you're kicking their ass. That tells sure. you about that sport. <laughs> No, nah. um, we just can't beat him. He works out too much. I am. Um, I was it's not looking good up- enough for like a fat beer drinking dude like me. I can't keep up with, t- with Woods. <laughs> uh, I looked
1: up uh, Lindsay Vaughn in anticipation of this. Uh,
2: ah, ah,
1: ah. Uh, that's it.
2: Oh, and she takes that leg like, a little fall, almost like yeah. goes out of bounds a little bit there. Yeah.
1: I'm going to guess this is a one-run one run event, because the... the yeah, this is
2: supposed to be our final event, our final yeah. Olympics ever.
1: Well, the slalom is two runs, but the the giant slalom, I think, is only one run, so I'm going to um, guess.
2: Because it's, it's what? How long is it? This is a pretty long fucking run. It, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, she probably probably... Uh, Oh yeah, she she's throwing her arms up. So that's it. She's done. I don't know
2: if she's I wonder how many other uh racers they have to the go.
1: Yeah, she's the first, right? She got the number one on her bib.
2: Oh so, was she number It's probably thirty. Oh uh, yeah, more. yeah, she is number one. Okay. That kinda sucks. Yeah. 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 I mean at least she's ahead of this
1: woman's pace. I um yeah, listen, I don't like her, but I'm not rooting against her, you know. Yeah.
2: So like they they they've been, um, you know, running all these promos. This girl is on fire. Have you seen yeah. all those promos <laughs> yes. promoting yeah. this this race? Right. I think and, and even you know it Keys gets really intimate, a- and I I and I don't really follow skiing, of course, because I don't ski. I don't live snowy area, you know. So yeah. anything I know about Lindsey Vaughn is, you know, it's contained to. Every four years, you know, yeah, like a night, you know, yeah, but they were showing that, and I was like, I'm like, man, Lindsey Vaughn, she could beat the fuck out of me
1: Oh, just how physically intimidating she is, like
2: physically, like she is strong. Like they're in yeah. that com that promo, they're like, you know they're kind of yeah, because you don't, I mean, I know why they're doing it because they're in these suits the whole time, you know. So they kind of yeah. show her, like, and she's had the surgery, so they're showing close-ups of, like, her knee, you know, put on all the outfit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, she is, and she looks like, I don't know how tall she is, but she looks like she's probably tall for a woman. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Like,
2: she's, um, she is a physical specimen.
1: Well, that explains why she statistically is the greatest female skier in the world her stats
2: her, what's that because of her yeah. size yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah totally okay she she kind of revolutionized the the sport um on the world cup circuit where they kind of you know ski professionally um yeah she's the all time winningest female uh she's got you know records overall titles, individual titles, the most podiums, like every record you can imagine. And they break it down in some they have some more objective format. So like Bodie Miller is the number eighth greatest giant. Yeah, he's done the uh, color. He's done he's pretty good. He's good. I um
2: I thought he was a douchebag. Well, he was a douchebag at one time. You think he recovered,
1: or do you think that that was blown... I mean, I think he got
2: older. Okay. So he matured.
1: Yeah, okay. You know, because great. whenever
2: he's a douchebag, he wasn't winning shit. He kept flopping. Then, didn't he actually finally win the gold or do something near the end of his career? Well,
1: okay. So that's what he's been talking about a lot. And he talked about his reputation and Essentially, w- what I gathered from it was that he was super aggressive, and sometimes it paid off and sometimes it didn't. So he had yeah. an Olympics that he just totally bagged out on Yeah, be- because and he didn't finish. And the problem
2: is skiing, you know, I mean, you're going to see those douchebags because skiing is an individual sport, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, those individual sports kind of give into that, you know, like in terms they magnify because it's kind of like half of it's like maybe he's a douchebag, but the other half of it is you kind of need to be like really confident and proud when you're an individual, when you play an individual sport like that, you know?
1: Well, especially because it's just sp- you
2: versus every other person, you know? And not only that, it's you versus the mountain. It's
1: 70 miles an hour. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'd like to really see is um, is a a thirty for thirty. Just a, even a podcast will be fine because ESPN does does these great thirty for thirty podcasts, um, on him because they did one on Dan and Dave. Remember those? Um, yeah, 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 Olympians, and it was great. Everybody knows yeah. the Dan and Dave story, and then, yep. and then one of them, I think it was Dan.
2: Dan finally went back and
1: and did it after yeah. he fucked it up the first time. Yep, Dan but- friggin uh,
2: salvaged his career. Yeah,
1: it it gives a lot of insight to why that was a big deal to begin with. Well, here I'm then- looking
2: at Bodie's page. He did he did ski in 2014 and got a bronze, but his only gold was 2010 Vancouver. And so it was 2006 where he was a shithead, I think, because he didn't win any medals in 2006.
1: Where was where was 2006? Turin. Torino. Torino. Okay.
2: Because I remember- In 2002, he won a couple of silvers in uh, Salt Lake. So I think it was like 2006 when he was getting hyped up, and he, he might have fizzled out. I wonder if he even made it, because I- I know there was, all right, here we go, 2006 Olympics controversy. It's its own tab, you know, on Wikipedia. (laughs) When you get your own tab. Yeah, I mean, Uh. he's got his whole page, but this is one whole tab about it. A good feeling generated by Miller's 2002 Olympic, performance was quickly disarrayed in 2006. On the program 60 Minutes in January 2006, Miller described the act of skiing wasted and compared it to lawlessly driving while intoxicated. I mean, he was a douchebag. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. Okay. You know, he, throughout the Olympics, Miller said, I'm just trying to ski in a way that's exciting for me. In an interview shortly after his last race, he said that it had been an awesome two weeks and that he got to party and socialize at an Olympic level. Yes. After an okay. unapologetic Miller interviewed with Tom Brokaw, mm-hmm. interview with Tom Brokaw, Bob Costas concluded in a primetime editorial that Miller might finally get what he wants, to be unceremoniously forgotten. Miller received negative coverage in the American international media. Editorials focused on his attitude simply not caring about the Olympics or best performance. There's another paragraph so we don't read it. And that's what okay. I remember. He won the gold in 2010. It was like redemption.
1: And you know, yes, it's like, okay. oh,
2: he's, he's actually fucking not, you know, he's actually coming back, you know? And I think <coughs> I think like 2006 I think he's been a lot cooler since, you know? Because I remember there was
0: he of had course, big, he's
2: forty fucking years old now, dude. There was a you big know, Nike campaign. He was born October twelfth, nineteen seventy-seven. Of course, he he should be mellowed out by now.
1: I remember there was a big Nike campaign. Nike had a big push behind him, and it was all about how he grew up and he didn't have indoor plumbing, like because he's from like New Hampshire, Vermont, or some somewhere up there, like the sticks of yeah. New England. And uh, they had a cool website where you could go.
2: Yeah, East visit. of New Hampshire. Yep.
1: You would visit his, like, uh, he drove around in, like, a, a Winnebago or something. And that's what the website was. was yeah. You would, you know, click on different yeah, parts it's of the funny, Winnebago.
2: Because that's when you, see, that's the difference. When you live down here, what is skiing to, to me? What is skiing to anybody from down here? Oh, that's what rich people do because that's what rich people do. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, yeah. anybody you know who skis, Probably comes from a family that does well. It's not like people from New Hampshire, like peekaboo Street, I think came from a humble family like I'd, out in Idaho, but yeah. places where you live in the mountains skiing something you know something everybody does because you live in the mountains, you, you know live in the mountains, right, yeah like but like if you're from New Orleans and you' going skiing, you probably have some money to burn because. Who the fuck is gonna go do a sport that requires all kinds of special equipment that you need to fly to? Yeah, right. Right.
1: Where do people go?
2: A lot of people go to Colorado. You know, they take you know trips. A lot of people do it during Mardi Gras.
1: You know, just to to get out of get out of get out of. Yeah, because
2: a lot a lot of people take vacations to Mardi Gras because it's a great time to take vacations because. uh... Everybody else isn't off. Like, you know it's really popular? Disney World. Okay. Disney right. World vacations are really popular in Mario Gros, people with families, because you go to Disney World, it's all people from Louisiana. You know, it's not packed like it is during the summer.
1: You know? It's the it's the off season. It's cheaper. Yeah, it's
2: the off season, like you know, you 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 come from one of the few places that actually has a significant chunk of time off. You know?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, I always growing up when people would do that, I remember when I was little, I used to always think, Oh, that sucks. This Mario Bros. fun, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they
2: probably didn't have El Caminos. No, they didn't. <laughs> I mean I liked Mario Bros. so much when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. Um I still So what did
1: what did you end up so
2: So Saturday y- I came home? Uh, after those parades, I got home around two or three in the afternoon, figuring I'd be back in touch with my buddy, Chris. He'd tell me about a, whatever house party he was supposed to be gone to, uh, and I would go meet them. But I got home, fed the dog, turned on TV, and, um, one of these antenna channels was throwing, was showing a different strokes marathon, which was (laughs) awesome, uh, in fact, I still have a tab open on my computer, different strokes trivia on IMDb. Because I was reading all about it, and I was like, I'll get back to this another time. And I don't want to close it <laughs> out. You, know? you still
1: have unfinished business.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. All right.
2: All right. Um, so, I don't know. And then they were still worried about rain coming. It was like a nasty day, although it really didn't storm until later, like after the parade probably passed where I would have been anyway, but it did storm bad. And I was happy I never went. I was like, I probably would be stuck in this shit coming home, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, I didn't miss that. And the next day was Sunday, Bacchus Sunday. And uh, my boy Chris, his boyfriend Ryan, He rides in Bacchus, so I was like, I'm going to try to get out there, and Chris's roommate Liam, his fiancé was coming to town. You know, she lives up in... She's from Hoboken, originally, you know? oh, Uh, Because she was buddies with my buddy Chris growing up, and that's how she met the guy Liam, who's Chris's roommate and fraternity brother from college down here, but he's from Canada, yada, yada, yada. But... But I want to see her anyway because I'm friends with her. So uh, what was, Liam was like, come by Ryan's house for brunch in the morning. Like 10 in the morning. I was like, oh, okay, I will. No, and I really wasn't because I wanted to watch the Syracuse basketball game, you know, which yeah. is coming on at noon <laughs> that day. Uh, so after the Syracuse game ended, I friggin' started getting ready and I Got my cooler bag together and stuff. And uh, you know, packed all my beers in a little carrying cooler, hopped in the streetcar, went down there. Uh witnessed the streetcar conductor throw a guy off the streetcar who you know, and they were getting into it and the streetcar driver as he walked away was like, Pussy ass motherfucker, you know. <laughs> There's a lot more in that story, but it's it's exhausting. Uh, It was an exhausting experience in it. So my plan was I will stop by and see Liam and Megan, you know, and say what's up to him. I had my little sign for Ryan because he was going to be in Bacchus. Then I was going to keep walking on down and go to my buddy Eric, the guy from high school who runs condo with his family, which is probably, you know, a half mile or... Half mile, three quarters of a mile away from where Liam and Megan were. Well, long story short, get down to hang out, meet Liam and Megan, all the other friends that we know, mutual friends down there. And they're like, "Well, come to come with us to watch Brad." I was like, "All right," but I'm gonna move on down a little bit. You know, like, "Oh, we gotta see Ryan," but Liam has a ruptured a disc in his back, so he had one crutch because he really couldn't get around. So instead, we end up going to somebody's house, um, and hanging out there because he just didn't want to go parade. I never did see Ryan in a parade at night, but um, but Bacchus is done as far as we are because, like, it passed. It was done in the area we were, which is not far from the beginning of the route. You know, so it's seven something. It's already finished passing there. It's a long parade, but it starts rolling at four fifteen. You know, it takes. About a little bit more than four hours to pass. That's a really fucking big parade, you know. Okay. Um, so they're thinking about where to go, and other people are like, "Oh, we're gonna go to Rusty Nail, which is the bar you and I went to where he met Abby." Yeah. And I'm like, "Fuck that! I'm not going to Rusty Nail." I was like, "My goal is to get closer to my house." And where we stand right now is basically midway between my house and the Rusty Nail. And the Rusty Nail's downtown. Like, you're going into parade traffic you know everything about it. It's going to be a bigger pain in the ass getting from Rusty Nail for me than anything, you know? And I know if I get there, I'll be there for, like, 30 minutes. I want to get the fuck out of there. Right. right. Uh, Megan's been here quite a few times. She just says, what about Snake and Jake's? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm down for Snake and Jake's because it's on Oak Street. It's in the neighborhoods, you know, like... Um, we're, like you, you and I went we're, to Oak Street, but if you cross Carrollton and you go probably about four or five blocks down, like it's just literally like a hole in the wall dump in the middle of the not middle, Not of far from where you know? we ate dinner that night. What's that?
1: Not far from where we ate dinner that night?
2: Yeah, like we were on the other, I'm saying we, you walk to the corner and you cross Carrollton. Okay. And then you go about four blocks down. We were on the other side of Carrollton. Got we were it. on my side of Carrollton. When yeah. we were at Oak, you know, so it's probably like a half mile away from where we ate dinner. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's not that far away. But it's, it's one of these places I, I started going to probably when I was 18. It's just a dump, you know, like they don't have any glassware. There's no glass at all. Everything's served in either cans or plastic cups. Okay. Uh, funny thing is it was like the type of place you'd walk in there. Usually wouldn't go there till at least two in the morning. You know, I've walked out of that place at eight in the morning uh more than once, you know? Right. Uh but we're gone there at eight o'clock at night, which is a weird time to go in there. And they walk in there and like, you know, a few years ago they passed a law in in the city that you couldn't have smoking in bars. And that was it's Snake and Jake's really. They did news stories about Snake and Jake's. Not be able to smoke at bars. It's very popular with Tulane kids because it's not far from there. Okay. So, like, we walk in there at eight o'clock at night, and there's like two or three other people in the bar. There's the bartender, and he's got his dog that hangs out in the bar. And uh, I was like, "Wow, this is so weird." Because everything was clear. Because there's no. It's a little dingy, tiny place, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like you can see right across everywhere. I was like, I remember coming in here. And I've been there since they cut smoking, but thing is, the other times i had been in there since, the two or three times since they cut out smoking, it was always appropriate times of the evening where it was already packed and you don't even take notice so much. Yeah. But, um, walked in there, no one's there really, and it's like, this is so weird, not, there's no smells of cigarettes or anything, you know, and, um... Ended up seeing a guy I know from high school who owns the Dirty Coast t-shirt shop. And I talked to him for a bit. But then, like, um, so we're in there at 8 o'clock at night. And eventually, we, it's Megan, Liam, and I. And they're engaged to get married. And I was talking to him about before. I was like, well, what are your plans? They don't really want to have a big marriage as it is, you know? Like, we want to have something where, like, 10 people are there, you know? Yeah. So there's not going to be any big thing. Uh, and I did, he's from Ontario. She's from, you know, New York, New Jersey, metro area. Um, New Jersey. But she lives like in Brooklyn now or something. I think she was born in Union, but she was raised in Hoboken. Okay. Uh, and then he lives down here. She's like, so, you know, maybe have like a wedding. We'll have a party in New York and then a party in New Orleans or something. Yeah. But anyway, we're all drinking, having a good time, and then a couple ends up in there. They were in their twenties, and one girl's dressed as a nun, the other guy's dressed as the pope, and uh, and she was from Washington, Spokane, but she was she had been roommates with this guy in Austin, Texas, you know, and I guess she, you know, I guess they were kind of boyfriend girlfriendish now, you know. But he yeah. was a second-year law student at Villanova. Uh, the man we started to refer to as the fake pope. Uh, <laughs> but he was fucking, he was so drunk, he couldn't even talk. You know, fake pope. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, he, he couldn't have been more than like 24 years old. Second-year law student at Villanova. Right. Well, anyway, we go out back. And this was, I think they said the back had only been open like a month ago or something. Cause I walked out there, I was like, "Wait, when did this open?" I'm asking people, and they're like, "Oh, like a month ago." I was like, "All right, good," because I couldn't believe this this fucking courtyard existed for the first twenty three years of my legal drinking, and I never knew it existed, you know. Right. And um, so like, it's such you know when you're at a bar like that and still on a holiday like that, and everybody's already everybody that's there is already drunk, even. Though, it's 8.30, but it's in middle holidays. It's like if you pop into the poorhouse at 8.30 on Marathon. Anybody that's there is probably already drunk at that time of, of day because you're drinking all day, you know? So there was only like five or six people in there, so uh, Megan's becoming really friendly with the nun girl. And uh, he's like, we should get married right now, she's telling Liam. You know, and Liam's talking to some other person, a guy older than me, you know, one of these people hanging out there, because, uh, you know, people are gregariously talking. Of course. And um, as as you want to do when people are in a good mood, they're drinking in your bar with a few other people.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, I was like, yeah, let's go do it. so we go to the courtyard, and we're like, fake Pope can officiate it, you know? <laughs> So we start recording. I'm recording with my phone. But fake Pope can't get the words out. like, fake Pope can't marry you. He can't even speak, you know? Uh, And I'm telling the rules. I was like, technically, consents about you. Nothing says anything about the celebrant not having, being too drunk to consent to the marriage, you know? Right. Uh, But there was another guy in there. And I'll be straight with you, he was dressed like a pirate, but he wasn't dressed like a pirate costume almost. He was dressed in a pirate like kind of like in the spirit of the guy in Dodgeball. Uh, you, ever, you ever seen the movie yeah. Dodgeball?
1: Not enough. Oh, yes, yes, it's Pirate Rob.
2: Yes, the guy who thinks he's a pirate. Yes. and yeah. um, So they're like, they're like the, like fake pope can't marry you. I was like, but the pirate captain can.
1: Yeah, a sea captain.
2: <laughs> yes, because he's a captain. You know, so he gets up there and they do the files and we all act like they're married. It was a fucking hilarious night, you know. <laughs> you know, what would be and great
1: was- is if the he was actually a sea captain. Yeah, and, yeah. They're, and they're actually married now.
2: Well, I saw them on Tuesday. I went and had drinks on Tuesday afternoon, and I was telling him, I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure that guy that was the pirate wasn't dressed up as a pirate, like as a costume. Like, I was like, I think that's how he always dresses because I talked to him for a while later on. Nothing yeah. about he seemed like the type of dude that probably plays lots of Dungeons and Dragons and shit like that. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure he... I'm pretty sure that's just, like, how he, he rolls. Just, he you know? was just
1: out for the night.
2: Yeah. And they're like, nah, I was like, trust me, I'm pretty sure if we were on it. Because there was things... There were cues, like, stuff that was done to his hair that you wouldn't have done if you were just doing the costume, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later on, near the end of the night, guy comes at the bar I don't know. I started BSing with this other with this one dude and he he turned out to be from uh near Carthage, Carthage, New York. I don't know how we I think my boy I don't know who started talking to him, whatever. He was just he just he's affiliated with this company where they he, he's involved with a company where they arrange these uh excursions like bus tours for people, you know, where and she's like younger people, you know, they sign up and he drives a bus from wherever the fuck they are. I think I think he says he's not really based anywhere, but he was coming from Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth area. With all these people, he drove in a huge bus down here for them to celebrate Mardi Gras. Meanwhile, he's got time to kill. So <laughs> Right. So he's hanging out in the bar, and I don't know how we got to talk about it. I might ask him, Well, where are you from originally? Because he was being dodgy. He's like, Well, I'm not based anywhere, you know, because it's, you know, I think it's like an internet type of thing, you know, he just goes wherever. So he's, he's kind of a nomad because he's always driving people to different events, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, I was like, well, I went to Cirque. He, it came up and he's like, and then he's, he's gone on uh, saying where he's from. And I'm like, oh, are you from such and such? I was like, I know of these guys, the Powell brothers, you know, and he's, and then he starts revering the Paul brothers, you know. And he's he was born in the uh, the late '80s. This kid, you know. Yeah. And uh, we start talking for a while. It turns out he's a Syracuse super fan, basically. And he's like, I'm telling him, and he's like about the about all the Syracuse stuff. And I'm telling him about the 2003 championship. He's like, Nah. I was like, Trust me, dude. Watch. And I pull out my phone and start showing him those photos, like of us with Jim Beheim. That whole shit, because they're all they're all on my phone now, you know. Yeah. And he was like, "No way!" And he had me text him one of the pictures. He's like, "This is awesome." He had me text him the <laughs> picture of us with Jim Beheim. I was like, "Yeah, me and this guy have a podcast now." I'm showing the Julie Beheim picture. I'm like, "That's our photo." And I was like, "And look, this is Mike Tarico because I got the photo of Mike Tarico where he's in all the orange shit." He's like. He's like, "Whoa!" He was so astounded by all of it, it was. A, it was really a fucking awesome night. Uh, so that was Sunday, and I was home by eleven, which was cool because I had to go to work the next day anyway. Okay, you know, but like the thing is, even though I wasn't like completely hammered. Mario Gras just exhausts the fuck out of you. Yeah, you know? you're moving. You're mo- you're out. You're always oh, on the move, dude. I had like fourteen thousand steps on Sunday alone, according to my. Uh, According to my fitness tracker, you know, yeah, you're moving, you're standing, yeah. you're lugging well, like I- that was what I was gonna say about when we were at the parade tucks, see, they throw these one of their one of their cool throws are capes, you know, little fabric capes, you know, and you and they throw green ones, purple ones, gold ones, of course, you know, I was like, I want a cape because I didn't have a cape, my buddy had a cape, like he had a cape from the year before. And uh, later on, his wife is like, here's a cape. And she got one. I was like, I don't want your cape. I was like, you got to understand, it's not about the thing. You know? Right. It's It's about about getting the the suit of that thing. Sure. You know? And you just say, here, give me a cape. That's not going to mean I'm done. I want a cape from a guy on that float. You know? It's like with any of that stuff, like, I just don't want the coconut. I want to know that I fucking got that fucking coconut, you know?
1: Yeah. That's why That's why I put mine on eBay. Yeah. Because you just did gave you it to
2: find me. find a googly eye?
1: I did. I found the googly eye. Did you? It was in my bag. Was it? Yeah.
2: Wait, so you have two eyes on it now? Correct. All right, good. Good. Good deal. Yeah. Um, so then I went to work the next day. And the funny thing was, on the Friday before, you know, the lady that's in the home, the project manager, she's in DC. She's another attorney, of course. And she's like, Well, they were all freaking out about the pro- about this project we were working on, the document review. They're like, it's gotta be done by next Friday, you know? And at this point, they were afraid that wasn't gonna get done because we we really only got started on Wednesday afternoon because there was a big fuck up and it was very dense shit. You know, it's like, how are we ever going to, they're thinking, how are we ever going to get through this? So on Friday, they're freaking out. They're like, well, who's going to be here when, you know? And at first I sent the email to, her. I was like, I will probably come in. I was like, fuck it. I usually go to Zulu, but I'm usually home by 11. I was like, I'll come 12 to five, you know? So I sent the email. I was like, well, I don't plan on coming in on the weekend but I will come in 12 to 5 on Tuesday, you know? And, right. like, the guy next to me, he said the same thing, the dude from San Francisco. But then I go in Monday, I'm like, dude, fuck this. I ain't coming in tomorrow at all. You know, I was like, everything was so much easier Friday before fucking the weekend happened, you know? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, because it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know? Yep, Yeah. And then um, he's like, well, you're not bound. He's like, I'm probably not coming in either. But but by Monday, I think they had gotten a lot of the initial work done. Every, I think like, it seems like everybody's mellowed out. Like, the emails were a lot more laid back. You know, like, if you're not coming in Mario, just let me know. You know? Like, yeah. once they saw that shit actually got done. Because there's a lot of people that do a job like that. Like, there's a lot of older people and then some younger people even who just don't want anything to do with Mario. So they don't fucking give a damn. They come in on a weekend to do all that bullshit. You know? Yep. So a lot of those people came in and did it. So, so I just like, well, I'm not coming in tomorrow at all, but because the one reason I want, I didn't want to go in to start the day. See Jacob, Orpheus, Harry Connick Jr.'s parade rolls on Monday night. The Parade he started back in '93. Okay. Um. Jacob's old neighbor works at this costume shop. That is owned by a man named Sonny Bory. Sonny Bory used to be the director of the Phililectic Society, aka he was the theater director of Jesuit, which is where Harry, my high school, Harry Conig Jr. graduated from as well, you know? Okay. Uh, so he is he has been the captain of the parade since Harry Connie Jr. started it, because you know, the guy's a theater director. Family own a costume shop. He obviously knows the theatrical flair. He's the perfect type of guy you want when you start a parade, you know? Yep. His costuming and putting it on a show is a very big deal. So, Colin's old neighbor, Colin, Jacob's old neighbor, uh, always gets tickets every year of that. Well, Mr. Borey's mom, she directly owned the store. She died last year. Uh... Like, the day before the parade, apparently. And the one time... Jacob goes every year, pretty much. Not every year, because he's been to Disney World before his kids. But uh, before last year, I went with him one year. It was just in the regular area. But now that Sonny's mom's not around, the lady gets... She's moved up to... You know, she gets the VIP tickets, which allows you to sit in an area where it's all catered food and open bar. And he's like, "Come, he invited me like 3 weeks before and I was like, oh, fuck. He's like, I "Can bring a date." I was like, ugh. Oh, I really did not want to do it, you know?" Yeah. Hey, why did the lady have to pass away for
1: for those tickets to get bestowed? Well, to who? because Jacob she's is it Jacob's wife,
2: regular tickets, the regular tickets which allow you into the the Orpheus ball. But the yeah. regular tickets, you have to bring your own beer and liquor and your own food. So these were more primo tickets. It was for one table, like eight tickets worth. You know, so okay. she probably gave them the so Mrs. Bory, who owned the shop, probably gave them to some friend of her family or something, you know? Got it. Got it. She probably picked and it. choose who she gave chose who she gave them to. But once she was okay. gone. You know, I think she probably used to sit there too. You know, got it. Bring so her so the people. tickets are f-
1: they're freed up because she's not taking them.
2: Yeah, and just to get into the Orpheus Cabaret, even if you're just sitting in the friggin' area where you got to bring your own shit, the tickets are probably two hundred fifty dollars. Didn't you go to that one year? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I went to it yeah. one year where I was just down there. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah before it's VIP. He's like, come on, it's VIP. I really didn't want to go, because for one, I, I was like, oh, now i got to rent a tux, you know? And I was like, I don't know any single women. I'm like, you put me in that bad position, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: but uh, and this is Monday night.
1: This is Monday night.
2: Yeah, but literally on Saturday night around 945, I was like, well, I'll text this person. It's a friend of a friend. And I was like, ah, uh, I really hate doing this because I didn't talk to this girl in such a long time, and she's just friends of really good friends, you know? I like her, and I know her, and we've known each other for 10 years, but it's not like I see her all the time, you know? I probably hadn't seen her since last Mario Gras because she marches with a group, you know?
1: Yeah. It's not like calling up like Liz Stillman or somebody and being yeah. like, hey, you want to go to this
2: with me? Yeah, so, I, so I'm like, so I finally get up the gall to ask this girl to it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to come off like I'm trying to ask her out. And I was like, plus, I haven't seen her probably since last. It's going to be very weird, so I craft this whole friggin' long ass text message explaining everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know your situation. I don't know if you're single or not. You know, I was like, I was like, I, as far as I know, you're single and fun. You know, I was like, I was like, and maybe, maybe you don't fit that billing. I was like, uh, I was like, but I know you're fun. Ha, ha, ha. You know, all that bullshit. But I was like, yeah. if you want to go, let me know. If not, that's cool too. Cause I had to make it, you know, I was right. just like, and then you know how much fucking courage it takes to summon up typing that text message. But yeah. You know how terrible it is when friggin' night comes and goes. You know, and at night I was like, well, maybe you know, it's a middle of Mardi Gras. Maybe she's asleep. You know, maybe she just didn't see it. Now she's asleep. You know, yeah. I that doesn't surprise me. Like people are drinking. Not everybody sees a text message at ten o'clock at night. You know. Yeah. And but then the next morning I was like, nothing. I'm like, oh, this really sucks. This is gonna be so awkward. Because the reason I'm friends with the reason I know her is because my buddy Todd, who went to law school with me, his now wife Llewellyn works at the zoo. This girl works at the zoo. Ah, uh, Llewellyn's like the volunteer coordinator for like older volunteers. This girl's like the junior volunteer coordinator. You know, so that's the connection there. I was like, and that was another reason why I was holding off on asking her because I was like, oh, this is weird, you know? I was like thinking, should I call Luella and, and ask her? And part of me is like, well, I don't know if I should ask her because even if she's available, Luella might kind of discourage me from asking her, you know? Because sometimes women are weird like that, you know? Okay. Um, I know I don't have to tell you that, but you know what I mean, right?
1: Um, yeah, in the sense that, that she's friend, Lou Ellen's friends with you, and will interject her own
2: Yeah, like not, she'll put her, edit, she'll editorialize yes, why I editorial. should ask her or something. Oh, yeah. well. You know, because women project their own shit on the people, you know? Okay. Uh, but I was like, I don't know, maybe should ask Todd, and I was like, fuck it. I was like, I just summoned up the courage, so I was like, I just gotta ask this girl straight up on my own, you know? And but then, like, around I don't know, what's on Sunday uh Sunday morning, maybe around ten forty five or eleven. I have not heard from her yet. I don't know. So all this shit's running through my head, you know, like like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. Uh because this is gonna be really awkward because I'm thinking maybe she did the thing where she just didn't reply to email and act like she never saw it, you because know, she didn't cause she was afraid to tell me no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, trying to spare my feelings, even though I put in there about, like, hey, uh, even if not, you know, uh, I don't care. Just, you know. Um, But I know people will do stuff like, oh, just don't answer that. Because I've done it to people. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You just act like you never saw it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and even though you definitely did I was like oh no this is going to be so terrible this is going to be awkward because it's not like we never go to the same gatherings of people I was like oh when I see Todd and Llewellyn because of course she'll go back and tell Llewellyn like oh can you believe he asked me Uh, I had to act like and I'm gone through all this fucking terrible shit that goes through your head and I was like and I'm parsing over it's like oh shit I told her straight up that it was supposed to be platonic I hope she doesn't think I was like seriously asking her a real date you know, and I was really pissed at Jacob even more at that point because I'm like, it's him fucking basically forcing me to come to this thing that's costing me $125 for the tux and this fucking uncomfortable, terrible friggin' humiliation in my life.
1: <laughs> Gee, I wonder why you don't have a girlfriend, man. <laughs> you're like, you're like John Favreau in,
2: uh, in, um
1: in swiggers how many text messages did you send her did you did you follow up with uh with did not you know?
2: follow up at all
1: okay all right I was very like, good
2: if she never responds at all fine i'll just act like it never happened too
1: <laughs> <laughs> what time on monday or what time on sunday is this right because it's sunday you you yeah, sent the message i was like yeah.
2: It's like 10 something at this point. I was like, well, she definitely saw the text by now because I know she's not, and she's a 36 year old woman. I know she's not, you know, you know, people like that aren't in bed all day because I know at a certain age in your life, no matter what you do, no matter how drunk you get, you still don't sleep past a certain time anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. 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 You know, it's not like when we we're in college where you sleep in the like four or five. <laughs> but, yeah, you I'm with you. Go to bed till seven or eight. You now I'm with you. All right. Uh, and then around eleven something or whatever, she texted me, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I just got your text message. Blah blah blah." She's like, "What time is it, Monday? I'm supposed to go to a friend's party. Let me know." And so then, of course, I'm in the process of like. I gotta text Jacob because I don't actually have the tickets yet. I was like, what time is all this? You know? Right. Cause I gotta let her know. And of course I gotta be as convenient as possible to encourage her to go. Yeah. You know? And I text. I was like, Oh, thank God. Thank God. And the weight was taken off of me. And I text her back and she's like, uh eventually she's like, Yeah, I'll go. You know? All I right. Figured all right. out all that. And um She's like, well, what are you doing today? You're going to be at the parade? Because what crew is she marching? Oh, she was marching in Toast that day. Toast was, so her crew, Rula La La, was rolling that day. That was another thing before. That was another reason why I was leery about asking her up until the point that I did. Was because she's in a marching crew, like a group of ladies, like a dance marching crew type of thing, you know? Yeah. And they, and they march. I guess they marched maybe in three parades this year or maybe four. I'm not sure. I was like, she's, I was like, all right, you're doing all that. You're probably not going to want to fucking go to some ball on Monday night, you know? And then, and then before I finally asked her, I was like, well, let me, go, so I looked up their webpage. And I was like, they'll have a calendar of all the praise and I was like, cause I'm not going to ask her if it turns out she's marching in Orpheus, you know? Yeah. And so I look, and I'm like, oh, all right. Well, apparently tooth is the last time. I was like, all right. So I'll ask her. And she's like, you know, and we had a little exchange. She's like, well, I'm, she's like, well, what are you doing? She's like, you know, she's telling me, she's like, I'm ready to, she's like, I'm ready to march in tooth right now. We're ready to leave. And, you know, sending me the last text, you know. She's like, I'm behind float 36. What are you doing? I was like, oh, well, I'm sitting at home because I'm a fucking sick individual who's <laughs> who has to watch the, uh, as I told her, who has to watch my college basketball team play. Like, even though it was a nice enough day, I knew people out, I wasn't leaving anywhere till the Syracuse game was over.
0: Right.
2: (laughs) So I didn't end up seeing her marching that parade. But next day, we had to coordinate, because she was at a friend's house, and technically, I should have gone to her friend's house to meet her, because she's like, I'm going to draw because she lives on the other side of the river. Uh, and where the ball is is at the convention center, which is right next to the basically right next to the bridge to go to the other side of the river. The bridge okay. that you went over with me. Yep. Um, so she's like, I'm gonna drive to such and such these apartments down this big apartment complex down there, and park next to them and walk down. But because, you know. I was really thinking to myself, I was working that day too. I was like, well, I'm gonna get home in such and such time, so I probably need to just start rolling out to like seven. You know, start even getting ready till seven. I'm like, I'm not gonna get home till seven. I gotta feed the dog and hang out with him a little bit, because I can't when you leave him here for nine hours, you just can't turn around and say peace, you know. Right. Um and realistically, but because you know. I was grateful she was doing this favor. I didn't want to be overbearing. Although I was really thinking, no, no, it would be better for me to get the Uber to where you are now. And then you drive us down together. But but having a conversation with her, she didn't think of that. And I didn't want to be pushy. since yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So long story short, she's like, well, I'm driving to Soleil. I was like, well, I guess I'll get the fucking Uber to, to the Soleil. So I cut Helen over, which was actually not going to be a bad price, eighteen something. See where she was was Chapulteles, and that's where the parades begin. But where she was, which is what she was near Chapulteles and Napoleon, and that's where they line up. But the reason why it would have been better for for me to go there, because at that point the parade had already passed. It was easy to get to where she was from my house, you know. Yeah. Getting to the Soleil from here actually shouldn't have been that difficult, since she was able to get. Problem was, the Uber guy was a fucking idiot, you know? So instead of... And problem was, I wasn't thinking, or else I would have told him right away what to do. But another thing is, he's a guy getting paid to drive a car. He should have known what to do, which is he should have gone to Chapatulis near the beginning of the route. Instead, he went down above St. Charles, and then we get down to the area, and the problem is you can't get across St. Charles, you right. know, to get to Choppa You know, because the parade is rolling that whole way, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, you know, she's texting she's like, well, where are you? She's like, I'm gonna, I'm just because I was supposed to meet her at the Soleil. She's like, Well, I'm just gonna walk to the convention center alone. I was like, All right, I'm like, dude, can you give me a convention center? I was like, and this is when I'm thinking it's gonna be 1888 or whatever it quoted me. I was like And I know we're changing up. I don't know. Maybe I'll throw you a $10 tip or something. He's like, whatever. We'll figure it out. You know, the whole hailing thing. I was like, well, because he fucked up, he's got to drive all over the place before he finally gets me to near the convention center, which ends up taking like an hour, which should have never taken as long as it did. And I was like, well, let me see. And you get the Uber thing. And I look at it later. And I was like. Your Uber trip with such and such cost 40 something, whatever. You know? <laughs> because he went all over the fucking place. Right. And I was like, right. well, fuck that. He ain't getting no $10 tip out of me. Yeah, right. You know? But so I was. So Mimi had texted me about, oh, you coming to Zulu with us. I was like, well, I'm going to Orpheus. Text me in the morning. She's like, we're leaving at 645. Well, I was looking at my phone. But you know, the activity tracker. It's the um, the text messages, so they don't always show up on as a notification on my phone on the lock screen. Right, right. So e- even though I'm like kind of like sleeping, I keep checking the phone because I would have told her, hey, I'll go with y'all had I seen it. By the time I finally look at my phone, I was like, oh, she did send me a text message because I didn't see the notification on the lock screen. I'm thinking, well, maybe she overslept. You know, it's like 7.30. She's like, oh, we're parking right now. You know? I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Because I was like, I could have rallied to go to the parade. I was like, at that point, it's like, I'm not going through the pain I ass of getting up. Because the whole point is, I don't want to drive. I was working on like four hours of sleep, you know, from drinking. I got home 3.15, you know? Yeah. So, you know, Megan and Liam kept texting. Well, Megan was all day. Like, what are you doing? And they're telling me where they are. I'm like... I was like, odds are I'm not making it where y'all are. They were down by Lee's Circle. Then they went into the and I'm like, I'm definitely not going that way. You know? So I took Bluto for a walk. And there were, um, like, the truck parades roll after the big parades. And they were all lined up near my house on Claiborne, big street uh, yep. near my house. So I took Bluto out there. I was like, we're checking our floats. I was like, oh, it's like Mardi Gras. Anyway, you know? And then um, this was Megan's first Mardi Gras. She's texting me. She's like, Well, we want to get out of the quarter primarily because Liam's back was all fucked up. They were ready to go home, you know, because yeah. they're hanging out, you know, and there's nowhere to sit. You're in the streets down there, you know. And I was like, Well, come. I was like, Let's go to buy your beer garden. You know, the where I think you went there with me, didn't you? The beer no,
1: we, we passed it though.
2: Oh, uh, we talked about it. You were like another day. Um. Uh, yeah, it's, it's two blocks away from Parkway. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, uh, there's another run to go, I guess, because this just says standing. Um, I'm referencing the Super Supergate. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's but good. I don't know. If, whatever. Maybe there's more people to run. I don't know. Um anyhow, uh his first morning where I was like, I was like, be honest with you, because this is the truth. I was like, this is like two in the afternoon, she's texting me about all this. I was like, she's like, we gotta get out of here. And where the where Liam lives is in Lakeview, you know, right on the Metairie line. I was like, yeah, just get out of there. I was like. I was like, Beer Garden's a good place to go. I was like, it's chill. I was like, to be honest with you, if you stay down there, once you leave there, once you leave where you are, in the French Quarter, Marigny, wherever you are, dressed up and all that, Mardi Gras over in the rest of the city. You know? Because that's what right. Mardi Gras over, basically. Some people stay out for the truck floats, uh, but some people, like, like me, usually it's, oh, you do Zulu, Mardi Gras over. Or you... Do Zulu and Rex, or you just do Rex and Mardi Gras over, you know. Mardi Gras basically over by two in the afternoon, you know? Because the next day is a work day, you know. So I went and met them and had a few drinks with them, got saw some other friends, had a good time, and was home at eight o'clock at night, and that was Mardi Gras. So you know, it ended up being successful this year. All right. My only issue was, I was like, I'm going to have to take them smoking or something, so I have something to give up, you know? <laughs> I went and had my traditional Mardi Gras lunch of Popeyes, because when she told me, oh, we're going to make our way home, I was like, all right, good, perfect, I can go to Popeyes. So I went down to Popeyes and picked up my um, three-piece white spicy with red beans and came back and ate at the house as for my, uh, for my Mardi Gras lunch, because I decided a couple years ago that's my new tradition. I will always eat Popeye's on Mardi Gras Day. All right. Because Popeye's is a quintessential Mardi Gras meal anyway.
1: Why is that?
2: Well, A, because Popeye's is from New Orleans, so it's very popular around here. And fried chicken is a very easy food to eat along the parade route, you know? Uh, Makes sense. Yeah, so it's everywhere. Like, Popeye's probably sells more fried chicken in this city during Gras, then probably does in any the other two-week period of time throughout the year, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And yeah, every fried chicken joint. I'm sure this is every, fr- every place that sells fried chicken, this is their peak fried chicken time of the year, you know?
0: Sounds... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a...
2: I mean, so what was that? That was about uh, five minutes or so? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we left some time to talk about the Olympics, uh, if you want to get into that now.
2: <laughs> uh, I want to get into actually eating some dinner, man.
1: Yeah, man. All right. That's good got stuff, a man. I've got my
2: piece of tuna ready to cook since it's Lent. Even though I really don't believe in all the Catholicism stuff, I still, you know, observe not eating yes. meat on Fridays. Sure. You got to
1: have rules you got to have
2: some rules. Plus, I love seafood, so it's an excuse to eat seafood. All right. All right, man. Well, then on that note,
1: with apologies to Kirk's brother, we'll see you guys
2: next week. Yeah. Um, Good night, Fredo. Good Good night.